I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Dan. How are you? Oh, Welcome back after a, um, a successful television run. And now you get to graduate to the mighty and expensive world of podcasting. Uh, it was ironic to make a television show to tell people to not make a podcast. And immediately <laughs> after this television show, I get to make a podcast. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, um, been- I like that you were trying to uh, cut down competition. I think that's very wise <laughs> in this economy. Yes, thank you very much. Can I just say uh, how thankful I am for the pandemic to actually get a job? Because if the pandemic didn't happen, I, w- I wouldn't have had a job for a very long time. Yeah, that's it's a depressing reality that the only time you're useful is when the world's falling apart. <laughs> and God bless the world falling apart. <laughs> it's great to be back. It, I've missed this. I've missed it too. And has there been any news? Who knows? Who cares? Uh, but uh, good news is, Lewis, I've been uh, – this show is being funded a little bit through the Bertha Foundation. Yeah, give us a certificate, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell people a little bit about that uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, also, the Patreon has been paused for this month, uh, so – because I think I, I didn't know how to pause it. I think I ripped off a whole bunch of people who, who gave us money. Um, so it's been paused for this month and maybe even next month. Who knows? Who knows how many months we're going to go by without actually charging people for the Patreon. But we do have a couple of Patreon members who've signed up to be $10 supporters. Big thank you to Andrew Weatherall, who is an ambulance chopper pilot. He flies Careflight in Sydney. Uh, and, yeah, he, he goes around and, and he goes and picks up little kids and takes them what? to hospital. He's amazing. We should be giving him money what's going on well obviously he's in a job so he's giving us money so thank you very much andrew what a legend also a big shout out to uh, our friend anita jacoby tv producer led uh, legend he's she's dropping in 10 bucks a month to uh, to support us as well thanks aj yeah uh, i'd like to acknowledge that i'm recording my end of this podcast on the land of the gadigal in the yorra nation sovereignty was never ceded let's start the show a rational fear contains naughty words like brexit Canberra fair dumb, and section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. 
Tonight, job cuts at the ABC may surprise many staff members, particularly B1 from Bananas and Pajamas, who admits the news caught him unawares. And Kanye West launches a new campaign slogan, Make America Unprecedented Again. And with the army patrolling the New South Wales border, things have gotten so desperate for Victorians that thousands are lining up to get into South Australia. This is a rational fear. A rational fear. Welcome to Rational Fear, podcasting from my bedroom in freedom-loving New South Wales. For the first time, not for the last time, I'm your host, Dan Illich. Let's meet our fear mongers for this week. He is in one of Melbourne's lockdown postcodes because his jokes are so infectious. He is he's returning fear monger, Yanni Agisolo. Yanni, what's, Hello, mate. what's one thing that you wish you did before this recent lockdown? Oh, Jesus, establish a career. <laughs> and our next fear monger is also, well, she also was in a, in a lockdown postcode before the whole city got locked down. She's a singer, dancer, actor, cabaret performer. Her neighbours either love her or hate her. It's Isabel Vallette. Hello, Isabel. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Well, and how are your neighbours coping with your relentless singing, dancing and acting next door to them? Uh, they don't like it. Uh, I've been hosting a lot of uh, kids' parties on Zoom uh, right next to my door. Uh, I sing a lot of Elsa. And the other day, one of my neighbours said, what are you? Excellent. And he is so tall, he doesn't care about your short people micro droplets. He's head in the clouds. It's Lewis Hover. Hello. Yeah, that's right. You just try sneezing on me. <laughs> a little later on, we're going to be talking with Dr. Vyong Sharma, who is a doctor on the front lines of COVID-19 in Melbourne. He's been working hard in those quarantine hotels, not doing what we all think you think he's been doing. No, no, he's not a security guard. He's a doctor. He's a doctor, people. And also, he's been doing a bunch of telehealth sessions with folks in Housing Commission in the States of Melbourne. And also, we'll find out a bit more about this, he's also a magician. <laughs> but first, let's get into our fears. You're listening to a rational fear. First fear for tonight. He said it was a media hoax. He said it was a left-wing conspiracy to get him out of office. He also said that social distancing is for fools. He is the head of state of Brazil, a country with 70,000 confirmed deaths from COVID-19. And this week, it is confirmed that Jair Bolsonaro has tested positive for COVID-19. Isabella, did he have it coming? Uh, he sure did. Look, he, he, he's, we know this guy. He's not a good guy. Uh, he's he's homophobic. He hates women. Uh, he, he's he's all the usual stuff of a person that calls themselves uh, abiding by traditional family values. He sounds like a member of the National Party. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he he's been quoted as saying to his uh, his colleagues privately that. Um, that masks are uh, for fairies is kind of the, the closest translation. I saw you do the air quotes there, Isabel. Yeah, I, like, I did that, the air that, quotes. Was that part of the actual quote? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that was just for accuracy. Look, look, the reason why I did that, Yanni, is because there's a few different levels here. Uh, it's been translated um, from Portuguese, so right. it wasn't literally for fairies, but it, it was a slur. It was a homophobic slur. Right, okay. Yeah. So he said that it was wearing masks was for fairies. Uh, he's been out there hugging people's babies. There is nothing more heterosexual than getting coronavirus. I, I think we can absolutely <laughs> right. agree. I, I think I think he must have um, also just read that, uh, like the Tinkerbell story and heard that she dies. And he's like, well, that's, Wait, what? you know. Whoa, whoa, excuse me. <laughs> Tinkerbell dies? Spoilers. <laughs> Unless you clap to bring her back to life. 
You know oh what my I mean? God, this is huge. Oh my true. God, could you imagine a Brazilian's kind of like, they're going, oh, our president is dead. Shall we clap? And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In many respects, I think COVID-19 is the great leveller. Uh, COVID-19 is kind of like an authoritarian leader. You can't negotiate with it. You can't compromise with it. If you're stuck up to it, you're going to get burnt. And the only way to get rid of it is to stay inside for a few months and hopefully it gets bored and there's no one to play with. That's, uh, that's, how, that's how it works. <laughs> That's it. And and it's interesting that you you have um, just put that out there because he said that he um, is only human and that this proves it. So perhaps he's talking about the fact that he shouldn't be... characterised as a virus. That is in stark contrast as to his words about the virus some months ago. Here is him, Mm. I think, in March talking about the virus. Given my history of athleticism, if I was to be infected with the virus, I would not have to worry. I wouldn't feel it. It would be like a little flu or like being under the weather. That's big ups. Big ups, Bolsonaro. I tell you, the people who are really feeling it are the people who are in his press conference to this week. Uh, there was a whole bunch of journalists who had their mics out uh, interviewing <laughs> Bolsonaro, and then all of a sudden Bolsonaro took a few steps back and took his mask off just to prove that he's the bigger dickhead without the mask as he is with with a mask. It's incredible. I mean, normally, like, you know, toxic levels of machismo only endanger the person who possesses them, you know, but obviously now it's got, like, one of the world's largest countries. And, I mean, so I was looking up some of this stuff on him today. Like, he was like, he said uh, Brazilians have a natural immunity to it. So, I mean, I'd hate <laughs> to see the statistics if they didn't. The other thing he said was, um, you know, they were like, oh, so what do you think about this disease? And he was like, well... We're all going to die one day. Like, and I, wow. I think I, I thought about it and I was like, well, number one, do you really want your leader in the middle of a pandemic to be a nihilist? <laughs> and, um, and, but do you I really ever want your leader to be a nihilist, really? <laughs> yeah, probably not. But I think he meant it literally. Like, he's like, you know, when he said we're all going to die one day, I think he meant like one of these days, all of us are going to die. Like, all of us in Brazil will die on the same day because of my decisions. Yanni, why don't you just point out to me where he was wrong in that statement? Please, well, please, you're right. please you're, point you're out right. to me where he was wrong in that statement. Do we, do we Bolsonaro is telling the truth, Yanni. Are we, okay, to clarify what you're saying, Yanni, are you saying like quite literally he believes that there will be one day where everyone will die? Yeah, is that everyone what you're in Brazil. I think he's actually aiming for it. You can tell by his policies, like, you know. <laughs> I'm busy yeah. in August, um, so if it can be either side, <laughs> that'll be great. He's shooting for the apocalypse. I, I, like, obviously you never want anyone to get sick, never. Like no, even if they are people who seem to be begging for it, but it is like there has been a kind of a case of of what almost feels like a sort of karma situation. With some of these people when they when they get it, and you're like, obviously, I don't want you to die. I don't want anyone to die. But you've been desperate for this. Like you, you've walked into this a thousand times. You're a man in a field of rakes. How have you not been hit yet? And there is only one other person on this planet where it would be absolutely delicious for them to get. <laughs> for them to get coronavirus. But unfortunately, that person is such an anal retentive and clean freak. There's no way Donald Trump's ever going to get it. And he's got such small hands as well. Like, there's not that much to sanitise. It's like everyone else is singing happy birthday twice or whatever. He's just getting a hat done. Tiny hands. Done Done on the first note. Irrational fear. Donald, you have the most beautiful hands. Your fear is rational. 
Fearsome fear number two. Pauline Hansen has been banned from Channel 9's Today Show after her racist comments about immigrants in Melbourne's Housing Commission apartments. They're actually they're alcoholics, so they, they're being looked after that way. They're actually getting paid extra money. Why are they getting paid extra money? A lot of these people are from non-English speaking backgrounds. Probably English is their second language. Since they haven't banned her yet, uh, a big congratulations to Channel 7 Sunrise for being the undisputed champion of racism free to air television. Yes. Ooh, undisputed, really? Not um, Studio 10? Uh, well, they have. I oh, feel like it's a heavyweight um, bout. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe CAC. Oh, who knows? Who knows? The like you guys maybe should have your own award that you can kind of like, you know, you can both vote on it. And, uh... <laughs> the director of Morning TV uh, for Channel 9 tweeted a statement from the director of news. The statement was following the unacceptable comments made by Pauline Hanson and on the Today Show, we've made the decision to discontinue her regular appearances on our program. Did so, they specify which day the unacceptable comments were made or did they just mean any time over the last two decades? They said unacceptable. They're certainly not unsurprising though, is it? I, I agree. And also that, I find that statement to be very open-ended. Uh, all I'm yeah, saying very, is... very much so. She'll no longer be appearing as a regular contributor. Like she'll be ir- irregular. She'll be on twice as much but different days every week. She was always a regular. <laughs> also, the tweet said, on our program, which may makes me think. Oh. Um, all I'm saying is that Sam Newman left a very Pauline Hanson-sized gap on the footy show, and it'd be great to have Pauline on the footy show. My God, a Queenslander on the AFL footy show. <laughs> That's the real controversy. Yanni, is this a yeah. big deal for a TV network, do you think? Is it a big deal? Oh, look, I mean, I, I, every week that goes by, something happens and I just kind of like shake my head and I, I, I have to kind of just renegotiate with myself whether I understand the world that I live in now. Like, I think like it's just, it's almost like a bit of a race to the bottom in a lot of these things where everything is just premised on attention. And so, you know, and, and, and like they, um, Today Show put up a tweet like straight after before they had their epiphany about how it was unacceptable about like, oh, uh, Pauline's made some controversial statements. Uh, you know, why don't you tell us what you think? Has she gone too far this time? I mean, so it's just really painting it as like, listen, you know, you knew exactly she was going to say something like that and you're dangling it in front of everyone for clickbait. So don't act like you're all holier than thou now. Like it's very, I don't know, it's, 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 it's very upsetting. I find... Obviously, like, this is a really important thing and you have to get her off and, and these shows need to stop enabling racists. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a locking that off. Agree. One of the things that surprises me about the conversations about Today Show anyway is, like, the ratings of that show are 350,000 people to begin with. This is one of the even, least important shows like, on television. Even Why less. Why does anyone talk about them? Like, do they? I guess just they need to be racist for anyone to care. 350,000. That's nothing. Yeah, it's also like I think that that's a big number. That I think they're even less. I think they're like in the one hundreds. They're like they're absolutely it's, nothing. It's crazy. Yeah. Like mm. you, your average TikTok is getting more views than that. <laughs> well, this is <laughs> when I when I hitchhiked from uh, Hobart to Ely Beach for the twenty sixteen election. I met Hanson supporters at the bottom of the country and Hanson supporters at the top of the country, and they they were just glued to her Facebook page. And her Facebook page has so many more. Uh, followers than any TV network, and that's the mm. that's the scary thing. Like she actually doesn't need mainstream media. She actually doesn't. No, they need, they, need, they need her to pull them up into people's eye eye lines. You know, it's just yeah. Facebook are going to do I, something I about the whole racist uh, content, right? <laughs> They're onto that. That all seems fine. Uh, we're actually going to be talking like, with um, actually going to be talking with Mark Zuckerberg a little later on, Lewis. Oh. <laughs> He's on. He's on today. He's oh, on the show. Great get, get. Great. I can't believe you didn't put that at the top of the show. What I know, a get. I know. It's almost, like, it's almost like it's a pre-recorded sketch and not a real thing. 
<laughs> is he in India? He should become a Patreon subscriber, frankly. <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. It's really interesting to kind of see this. The day that that happened, the day she was deplatformed off the Today Show, she tweeted, for anyone looking to get me kicked off more TV and radio shows, I'll be appearing on the following tonight, 7pm across Australia with Peter Gleeson, 7.30pm, The Bolt Report with Andrew Bolt, both on Sky News. She's, do- <laughs> she's doing back-to-back Sky News and it's not even, she doesn't even have a show named after her. Oh, yeah, uh, you've got to love the idea of hiring yourself out in order to be kicked off. Like, I mean, that's when you kind of know what your, what, what your whole sort of shtick is, really. At the bottom of that tweet, she did say, I am on tomorrow, 7.30 a.m. with Marcus Paul on 2SM, which I think is great because the only people who listen to 2SM are in palliative care. So that's nice. <laughs> Irrational fear! It's about wanting notoriety and, of course, getting it any which way you can. The more shocking, the more frightening the more likely it is to get uh, airplay. It's now time for Hang On A Sex. This is where I'm going to play you a clip and when you want to stop and mention something in the clip, just yell out, hang on a sec, if you've got something to add. Now, this video comes from Twitter, a bloke called Cam Smith, who's a great podcaster from the Hypothetical Institute podcast, follows some incredible Q anon Australian uh, conspiracy theorists. And this bloke, his name is Simon Maskey. He's a Queenslander who brought two of his fellow conspiracy theorists down from Queensland to Melbourne to to basically free the good people of Melbourne from the tyranny that is the police. I'm going to play a clip when you want to chime in. Just simply say, hang on a sec, and uh, chime in. Here we go. Here is Simon Maskey. Simon Maskey here with uh, Simeon uh, behind me. We've just got some news. The World Health Order uh, Organisation has crumbled. They've admitted it's all bullshit. We're heading into Melbourne, everybody. Hang on a second. Um, uh, uh, Can we confirm that little bit of information? (laughs) I feel feel like he may be taking a very broad brush to one of the WHO's announcements. But also, he first called it the World Health Order, which could well be a website. Like, if you went to World Health Order like .com slash geocity slash 566 slash john slash. There probably is like a website that says, guys, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. (laughs) Maybe he's even referring to the new world, like the new world health order itself. Like that is a bullshit organisation. Yeah, and they've they've, they've come out to say that our bullshit is actually bullshit. Sorry. (laughs) I think it's like they're all collapsing into one sort of like conspiracy theory. Like it's the new world health ordinati. (laughs) Here we go, Simon Maskey in his car on the way to Melbourne from Queensland. 120 Racecourse Road, Flemington. Now, understand we're going in there understanding that we are under oath to General Flynn. Okay? We okay, have stop. What? Hang on a second. Is that is that General Flynn like the American guy? Yeah. not he, General Flynn, by the way, he's referring to General Flynn, the American general, who, by the way, is no longer a general and has no. been... <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and has recently been in jail. Yes, that General Flynn. <laughs> but he's still issuing orders. He's still running stuff from behind bars. Well, he's running All Simon Maskey. Australia. He's running Simon Maskey from Queensland. <laughs> And he's right. and from prison as well. He's like getting all the other four star generals together and going, guys, Racecourse Road, Flemington. That's <laughs> Flemington. the next attack. <laughs> Let's go. We have the Australian Common Law, the Magna Carta behind us. I am now calling to every able man and woman to come to 120 Road. Uh, hang on a second. Bit ableist, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be some patriots in wheelchairs who'd like to get involved. Oh, I think that I, immediately, I, I don't know, I, I'm starting to not like this guy. 
This is oh, that was the th- one that turned you. What if, what if Tim Ferguson wanted to come and liberate Melbourne? You know, he's no, a national treasure. And knowing Tim Ferguson, he actually would be up for that. He would actually he would be, be up, up for that. that. Did, Mas- did we? Mas- Masky doesn't want any. Doesn't want any of Ferg's help. Did we have a Magna Carta? Did he just say Australian common law, our Magna Carta? Did he, I think he said and the Magna Carta. And the Magna Carta. Oh, he evoked the Magna Carta as a separate entity. He's yeah, pulling sorry. it in from sort of, you know, medieval England. This, this guy this guy is a real Renaissance man, you know. He knows, he knows it all. The, so the people good. who wrote the Magna Carta were well across Instagram stories too. They're also Q, they're also Q, they're also QAnon members. Yeah, like one of the first things in the Magna Carta is like, Shoot your videos in landscape. <laughs> oh, ouch, chopper. Ouch, From above. There we go. Flemington, Melbourne. You can contact us. I'm going to put up a link to show where we are and how far we are away from that address. I'm going to post it on here. Um, we're going to meet around the corner. We're all gonna... While they're driving? <laughs> Yeah, so he's driving at the moment. He's, well, I think I think he's in the. I think he's actually in the passenger side of, oh, of the I car. See. So it's okay. So he's he, doing the admin. Yeah, he's doing the admin. I think his. I think his wife might be driving, and he's got his his compatriot in the back seat. So he's got the he's got the Melways and the Qways and the Magna Carta. It's all <laughs> there in the glove box. Where we are and how far we are away from that address, I'm going to post it on here. Um, we're going to meet around the corner. We're all going to go. Any police, any armies there, they're going to be disarmed by us. Any armies. Hang on a second. Any armies. So <laughs> not even necessarily the Australian army. Like, you know, there could be any country, any army. It could Salvation be How many army. are there? Yeah. It could be Tony <laughs> Abbott. could be Tony <laughs> Abbott's Green Army. Uh, it's going to take the shovels <laughs> off them. The Taylor Swift Army on Twitter. Get them all together. It could be the writers of the army, the army Man comic. <laughs> it, could, it could be the Barmy Army, just in for the, the, for the test Double Doors Army. But it can't be a guy with one army because he hates that. The, he hates it. Yeah. <laughs> Only the able. <laughs> Only the able-bodied. Only the able-bodied. There's to be no anger, no shouting, no nothing. I'm going to go forward. I know how Wait, to hang a on a second. <laughs> no no nothing. Yeah. Wait, so there's to be no anger, no shouting, in fact, no nothing. There's nothing is to happen whilst you're there. And you'll no, see right. in subsequent cl- clips that nothing actually does happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very zen sort of way, kind of like, it's like we're not going to be doing there's going to be no aggression, no attachment, because that is the root of all suffering. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be nothinging our way through these multiple armies. Like <laughs> This guy's on a mission to free you. And look, this is how you're treating him, Yanni. <laughs> well, I've got to say, I mean, you can't, you've got to fight Dumbledore's army with something. <laughs> Here we go. Well, he's, he's got a bunch of um, Dementors in the back. <laughs> you need to trust in me, knowing that Simeon and I both believe in what we're doing and we know that we're in the right and we're protected by God. Now's the oh. time. To- <laughs> That's good stuff. I love it. Like him just going forward, he, it's real like rugby league chase. It's like, I'm just going to run straight, I'm going to go forward. Cattle dogs, just let's get let's get this done. People, get down there if you're in Melbourne. Ignore them. Drive straight through. Travelling under common oh, law. Hang on a minute. Ignore them or drive straight through. I feel like those <laughs> those two are pulling in very different directions. Well, it depends on which army. <laughs> yeah. Do you ignore the army or do you drive straight through the army? But hey, before you... he was saying that they were going to park around the corner. So I feel like the the plan is it's on really shifting sands here. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Lewis. This guy's story, I'm struggling to find a through line. <laughs> Just keep going forward. Here you go. Keep going forward. 
get a pen, write it on your windows of your car. Travelling under Well, hang on a second. <laughs> Pens don't work on windows of cars. No, but if you believe they do, they do, and you've got God on your side, they do as well. Yeah, and if you're right, travelling under common law, you can drive through armies if you've gotten that written on your window through your car. <laughs> so good. It's like, gang, we're going to get the army together. We're gonna, we need a checklist, all right? First, get the Magna Carta. Second, God on our side. Third, Pens. We're going to need a lot of pens. I reckon car companies should, like, use this guy to sell their cars. They go, the new Nissan, microcarta. <laughs> Take you down to dispense nothingy justice I like the, I, I, the army. I like that there's, there's somebody in a toll booth uh, in, like, a toll control centre in Melbourne looking at licence plates being snapped and going, oh, no, that guy's gotten travelling under common law written on his window. Better let him go through. That's fine. <laughs> He's As got tra- God on his side who is potentially the driver. <laughs> yeah, God is my co-pilot. He's probably got one of those stickers on the back of his car. No jurisdiction over you. Absolutely none. You're a sovereign of Australia. It's oh, time hang on a minute. And- this would be, if you're writing it as a comedy script, a perfect time for him to get a speeding ticket. <laughs> <laughs> now is that day. We're leading in right now. If any other groups are in there, cool, we're going to join you. But uh, at the end of the day, we're ready to swear everybody in under Flynn. Those who come... Bring your hearts with you and your hand ready. <laughs> this is the second time he's tried to have a revolution, and the first time everyone came without essential organs. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that guy from like Raiders of the Lost Ark, not Raiders, no, um, uh, Temple of Doom. Like he was, he was going removing people's hearts and then kind of going, no, actually, I'll put that back in because we're going to need that. And your other hand ready to raise to the sky and swear as God is your witness that you will remain a sovereign of this country. You will be protected. Hang by on the a second. United- can I, can I ask that? This, we're one minute 49 into this. He's yeah. driving down from Queensland. How long does he maintain the rage for? Uh, only a few more minutes. We won't play, <laughs> we won't play the full thing. He's almost is, done at this one. Is, uh, is General Flynn able to put up his hand and say that he's a sovereign Australian? No, he's not. And this is what's great about this. He, he's about – I'm just going to play, play a little bit here and you'll know what he's about to say. Sky and swear as God is your witness that you will remain a sovereign of this country. You will be protected by the United States military, and oh. I'm then going to call to our army. To- uh, hang on a minute. Now, I'm going to say hang on a minute for everyone else because everyone else thinks that's ridiculous because they're kind of like, oh, he's being all about sovereignty. Then he mentions the United States military. I say this is the only guy who sees it as things actually are. It's he's like, he's, like, he's like he's making a political statement about how far into the Americans' back pockets we are. But, but how? But, but how do you like? How do you you know grow up in Queensland? Think you are an Australian? You are sovereign. You're a sovereign person inside Australia, and then mm-hmm. you have the protection of the United States military. How does that even combine? I think I think Dan, it's because he thinks QAnon means anonymous Queenslander, <laughs> <laughs> and and so he thinks that anyone who is, is anywhere. Could be an anonymous Queenslander, including General Flynn. I'd, I'd be interested to see if he got down to Racecourse Road, Flemington, and the US Army was there, whether he'd go through them as well. Yeah. He'd probably greet them and say, let's let's ride. Come back under ownership of us and protect us as sovereigns and do the job that is happening today. Have faith. We're on our way. Wait for it. Oh, no. Oh, no, he doesn't know how to turn it off, does he? <laughs> Oh, oh, no. Turn it off. Oh, oh he's left it on. Turn oh, it off. It's my dad on a Scott. <laughs> Turn it off. That's no. it. He's done. He's done. Oh, oh thank God. And that was, Jesus. that was, hang on a sec.
Oh my word! Yeah, right, Did yeah. he ever make it? What happened at the end? I'm like, uh, annoyingly, I'm intrigued about the story now. Okay, so um, <laughs> him and his friends went to the bottom of the um, housing commission places. They approached the police. They confronted them. Told them they were uh, that they were uh, a traitor to their country. That were they were treasonous, and that the WHO had told had come out to say that it was all a hoax, and that they should go home. And then lockdown happened in Melbourne, and so that they posted a video saying that they needed emergency accommodation. So they ended up in accommodation. <laughs> they ended up in accommodation. Uh, the re- I mean, the rest of the video is another four minutes. It's just fantastic, but I can't. Uh, I shouldn't. Can, talk. I, can we do? Can we? Can we do a real life version of that um, great Gatsby Leonardo DiCaprio clapping <laughs> gif? Like that's what yeah. <laughs> All right, that was. Hang on a sec. Irrational fear. This is a rational fear. Right now, we're going to chat with our, our special guest, Dr. Vyom Sharma. He's a doctor on the front lines of Melbourne's COVID-19 crisis. He's the host of Radiotherapy on Triple R, and he's also a magician who has performed on Australia's Got Talent and the famous Magic Castle in Hollywood. Please welcome Vyom Sharma. So hard to know which one of those incredible uh, skills to begin with. <laughs> Thank you, Vyom. Uh-huh. Thanks for coming. No, thank you for having me. It's really that's a it's a weird introduction to get, despite how true it is. <laughs> I was actually on your website earlier tonight, um, wanting to find out more information about you, and you do have a few sections of your website. You've got medical, uh, and then you've got uh, radio broadcasting, and then you've got magician. And when I clicked on magician, on the same website. When you when I went to the magician uh, site, it was actually down. So uh, I was I thought, is this a is this a trick? He's made his whole he's had his it, made his whole magician side of his business. Disappear. If you look up, if you look back now, it will have reappeared. <laughs> no way. I'm going yeah. to check after the show. So, Fionn, thank you for joining us. Let me ask you a quick question. How are you coping? You know, you, you've been dealing with folks in quarantine hotels for ages. This is a second lockdown that's that's really kind of hit the whole city. Uh, how is your mindset at the moment? Uh, look, I mean, I feel okay, but I've got to admit, like, I do get people checking in on me because uh, I've been tweeting a lot recently. And I was just looking through just my, my tweets just for the last few months. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Am I okay? I'm like losing it 24 uh, seven on, uh, on this, on social media. I'm like, it, it's difficult to process everything that's going on mm. in context of, uh, of, of the work kind of work I have to do day to day. One of the, you are one of the most interesting people on Twitter at the moment because of this situation and because you are so um, frustrated at how things are kind of playing out in the system. What's one of your what's one of the biggest frustrations for you during this crisis right now? Oh look, okay. Before I go into that, I will say I think on the whole we're doing things right and we've gotten a lot right. But that said, probably the most recent screw up I'm seeing is the, just the the non discussion of of masks. It's almost like Voldemort. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and the, the the state authorities just don't want to say the word mask. Use masks that might actually help. Why why don't they? Why don't they want to do it? What's what's stopping them? So. Look, the truth is that masks have become so incredibly politicised internationally, as we're seeing in America, and a lot of people do see it as a silver bullet, which is not true. So what we've got is a health intervention that has some uncertainty around it, probably is going to help, has a lot of complexity, and people in government and public health authorities hate explaining complex things to people. They, They really hate it. Once you say the word masks, it's going to trigger off discussions about Where's my mask? What type of mask? Why are you getting this type of mask? And why we get got masks in hospitals and not in schools? And they're very afraid of approaching that discussion. And I think you could have gotten away with it until now. 
uh, because we've had really low number of cases. But you know, now now that we've got wider community transmission in Melbourne. It's got to stop. You're absolutely right. The government should just stick to simple messaging and get everyone to download an app that doesn't work. That's exactly what they should do. Download an app. That'll protect you more than a mask. I find that, it was, re- that was flawless communication with the app. It was just perfect, like totally bullshit. But, my God, that worked. Uh, we just need to do that with masks, the things that will work, and we might have a chance. So you're, you're, you're like definitely all for everyone wearing masks. No, so I, I'm all for masks now in Melbourne that we've got wider community transmission. So I think the truth is that had we used until masks until now in Australia, probably wouldn't have made much of a difference. Right. This is a totally different setting now. And 100% uh, places like public transport and, um, and hospitals, we should be wearing masks arguably everywhere in Australia. What's the biggest misconception around COVID-19 right now for this, for this particular spike? So, look, I think the biggest misconception around it is that because the mortality rate of COVID-19 is low for a lot of younger people, that they'll be okay. And it is true that the, the mortality rate for young people is low, but in context of the rise we're getting in Melbourne, we're very worried that their health system is going to be completely overrun. And then, say, someone reasonably young like me gets, gets I don't know, like a gallbladder that needs to be taken out, there won't be any beds for me. So everyone can be affected by this. Uh, and in many ways, this uh, second wave, we're going to want to call it that, is worse than the first one we had uh, in Melbourne uh, because uh, the first wave was occurring with international travellers coming in and they were relatively easy to track. Uh, this one is just happening in the community. We don't really know where the infection is uh, for, for, for the most part, uh, which is why we need to lock everything down and everyone young and old needs to cooperate. It's so so strange, like... Lewis and I are outside of Victoria and uh, Isabella and uh, Yanni are, and yourself are inside Victoria. We, I don't know about you, Lewis, but I feel uh, really anxious for Victorians. Um, well, all my family's there, as you know. Oh, so yeah, that's right. I'm, yeah. The only, I'm the only hobber out of Victoria. So I've been, you know, every time I speak to my family there, I mean, my, you know, my parents are down the country, down, um, down past Geelong. So it's all pretty quiet. Uh, in the regions but my sisters are uh, in the city and you know kids and uh, you know people out recently out of hospital and mother-in-law just back from Italy had COVID it's all like there's plenty going on so there's almost like a um, uh, like a I don't, this terms too extreme but like a survivor's guilt of being out here when you're constantly checking back in all my friends and family and and you're checking in with these people and uh, there's not much you can do but you just wish there was I, I want to like donate sleep to my sister you know I'm like how can I help <laughs> It, well, that was such a relief to kind of see how quickly uh, the uh, Asylum Seeker Resource Centre and Vic Unions got together to kind of pull resources together for Housing Commission flats. Immediately when when I saw the news happen, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm in Sydney. I can't fucking do anything. I wish I wish I could be there packing boxes." And then to see these these grassroots groups come up and and support, there must be. Um, as someone who kind of has telehealth sessions with folks in those housing commission flats, that must be heartening for you, um, Vion. Yeah, it really has been. So every patient I've spoken to, um, I've asked how things are going and what's happening in food. And and it was really quite incredible over the, the days. So the first day, it was massive delays with food because the government was trying to provide all the stuff and yeah. the weren't really working out. But my God, I've learned so much about how, fluently uh, community organisations can just operate just so rapidly. And then the next day when I was having a chat and you know, people were really quite happy with their meals and <laughs> they were 
chicken curry in this. <laughs> That's good. Really, like the, the curry was good. Like that that could not have been made by the government. Someone. <laughs> the guy, there's a guy. There's a guy who works at this place called Burrup Traders down near our house in West Footscray, and they they're doing that. They're basically his name's Pradeep, and um and they they were making culturally appropriate meals for people and getting them out like uh, w- w- along with some other community organization and. You know, and they're asking. Uh, we, we've got like a local uh, Facebook group called We Folks, so they're asking people for donations and stuff. So, like, the community really kind of rallies around, and it's so good to hear you say that, actually, Fiom. Because I mean, you know, uh, we we kind of hear it at this end, but it's really nice to hear it come out the other end. Yeah, I'm also glad you brought up the phrase like culturally appropriate food. Like, it sounds like a small deal, but look, I've also been working at the Victorian Hotel Quarantine Service. Yep, and. I mean, food is just one of the, the, the main kind of concerns and issues of complaint that people have. It's this thing you do three times a day and it's got all these kind of cultural and emotional connotations. Um, so, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's great to see that the community could start providing immediately uh, in this way very quickly. And, like, I mean, th- those people in the towers were incredibly appreciative. Uh, I think also when it's the only thing you can do all day is eat, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes yep. super important. You know, I mean, I've been eating more than I ever have and drinking more than I ever have. <laughs> it's yeah. so true. It, it's, it's, it's one of the things I've, I think we've all put on a few, you know, uh, lockdown kilos uh, <laughs> when that's happened. And uh, it's one of the things I've told myself and, you know, kind of patience too, which is like try and eat as healthy as you can. But if, if, you, if you're going to eat, you know, something that, that feels a bit guilty, no, do it guiltlessly, like enjoy it uh, because, yeah, it's all you can do sometimes and you, you, you might as well enjoy it. It's definitely no month to bring up dry July. Like anyone who even <laughs> says those words, you're like, oh. I will stab you in the eye. I'll do it. I'll stab you in the eye with the glass I'm currently holding. You back off. I actually lost six kilos during uh, our Sydney lockdown because my culturally appropriate food is KFC. So, uh, I, I was, I was, I was so saying, you ketoed your way down yeah, the, yeah, uh, the yeah, keg yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah. My, my culturally appropriate food at the moment is um, is stress which means I don't eat. So I've actually lost heaps away. That's amazing. Vion, tell us, what are some of the biggest pressure points for folks in the Housing Commission places you've been speaking with and and how are they feeling right now that the rest of Melbourne is in lockdown? Do they feel better that the rest of Melbourne is in lockdown now? Well, look, a lot has changed literally within the last four hours even. So all the towers are now released from their hard lockdown. Oh, wow. But taking back to, to, to when this all started, the number one thing that was causing everyone in lockdown grief, uh, uh, every single person I spoke to, was just the shock and how unexpected it was. Yeah. Perhaps unsurprisingly, they weren't um, you know, completely flummoxed by, I, I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening? I never got that question from people. Um, if anything, got this incredibly nuanced understanding of, well, you know, we understand things have to happen, but we wish they told us. And, and, and the next set of questions was about how are they going to do us? So very kind of rational, good questions. There were people who were finding it incredibly stressful. There's people with, with, with PTSD to do with their encounters with, uh, with, with authority figures and police, either here yep. or abroad. Um, there's people who just genuinely get claustrophobic. And this is something that I've seen yep. in, the, in the hotels as well. Frankly, there are some other concerns that I've had. I don't know that they'll be occurring because thankfully the hard lockdown's ending. But one of the, the other bigger concerns was people just forced to be inside, things like domestic violence. There's literally yeah. escape. So there were a lot of things we were worried about, but just even within the last you know, little bit, we've learned that that hard lockdown is ending for all, but I think one or two of the towers. Uh, so they're just joining the rest of us in this uh, slightly less shitty lockdown. What happens in those situations when you find out someone, you know, 
has PTSD or claustrophobia or a, a genuine mental uh, illness that re- is really, really brought up by a lockdown like that. It, it, like, is does the government have a plan for that? Isn't Vyond the plan? Like, they're telling you. <laughs> <health, I don't laughs> you know what? That's true. So, so partly the, the talking to someone um, is the plan. And uh, yeah. much of, I, I think, uh, kind of modern psychology works just by people listening to their own words and being able to kind of reprocess what's happening. So yeah. that's definitely true. Um, uh, a, a lot of the other times what we – look, I think I've had <laughs> little to no success with this so far in the hard lockdowns is we try to negotiate for those people to, to get out in some supervised way that is still safe. Um, is it safe for them to do so? No, but this is all about risk management and risk reduction. We can't eliminate risk no matter what we do. And just so that's something that we endeavour to do in the hotels until now, which is – increase the number of walks because we think it's a medical necessity but there's other things too obviously as you've mentioned you know kind of just talking to someone helps either me or you know uh, specialist psychology services and to some extent if people are already on some kind of medication for mental health uh, and anxiety can we tinker things there a little bit this is not the solution we understand but we're, we're caught in a tough situation where we don't have the ideal solutions available and so with the understanding and consent of the patient, we, we, we think about medications as options. When you're, uh, when you're on the front lines and you're, you're going to bat for these people, who do you negotiate with to get that kind of concession? Like, like what, how does that actual process work? Like who, who is the body? Who, how do you kind of put forward the idea and how do you kind of lobby that up the line? Yeah, so that's a tough one. So, look, with, with the lockdowns, I haven't had to do that a lot mainly because there's, there's been very few shifts, thankfully, because we're very early on. Um, yeah, it, it becomes a matter of discussing with the people from DHHS. And the, the problem there bureaucratically is that the human on the other end of that is usually quite understanding, but because of the, the structure of bureaucracy, it becomes this thing of, well, that's not in my protocol, so um, mm. either I can't do it or uh, I have to escalate this, which means it gets written in an email and goes upwards to someone else who also looks at it and goes, hmm, that's not right, and goes to someone else until the story is just lost, kind of lost touch with the, with the, with the humanity of what's actually happening. Mm. And either you get delayed, like um, decisions that are very delayed or don't end up happening, uh, and that's frustrating, which is why you really need that, that connection with the, the, prop, the person who's raising the concern in the first place. Yeah. I mean, this is one of these things where, like, I mean, I, I, I hear the same thing almost across all of these discussions we're having. Like you were saying, Vyom, you have these discussions with people, very nuanced discussions. And of course, they're nuanced because you're having it with an actual person and you're dealing with their direct experience, right? And I think half of the problem with what's happening with all of this, with COVID and everything is people don't have an idea of the sort of like the the details of like what's happening in, in these stories and everything has to be reduced to very, very simplistic things. And people don't, I mean, it's not, even, and, and, and our knowledge and knowledge is changing every day. So it's so hard for people to engage empathetically with, um, with these things, because like what, what you were saying, like makes a hundred percent of sense. And I think if you said that to most people, they'd go, yeah, totally. I totally understand that. But then, you know, at the opposite end of the scale, we have what we were talking about before. We have Pauline Hansen describing the exact situation that you're talking about as it's a bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics who don't speak English. Like, I mean, that's the same situation being discussed in two completely different ways. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know how we breach that because you have that whole point about bureaucracy and trying to communicate complex things to large numbers of people. It's so hard. Well, I think this is why it's really important to to hear the voices yeah. 
uh, actually impacted by this. I mean, I was just blown away by some of the articles that were published. Um, uh, they're actually written by people currently in lockdown that were published you know, very quickly after it all happened. I mean, just the, 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 the appreciation for the complexity that they had and, and everything else, you know, what kind of we're talking about. I mean, it's just so, just, uh, it's just uh, galaxies from the reduction we saw from Pauline Hansen. Yeah. Because, you know, like, what would she know? Like, she, she's hearing, you know, kind of sixth hand from whatever sources she gets her information from filtered by just the, you know, like all her Q- ideas. QAnon. She gets it all from the QAnon Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah, she yeah, probably yeah. Surprise, subscribes to that guy's podcast. <laughs> and um, Vyom, uh, and, you know, as a magician, uh, what's your what's what's the what's do you have a trick? Do you have, do you have, uh, the, the rest of this question is not going to be good. I, <laughs> do, right, do you have go one on. trick you do on while you do telehealth? Do you have a, a telehealth <laughs> trick you like to wheel out over Zoom? Uh, no, no, I do not. I um, I try to. When 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 things get funky, I, I try to make myself disappear, but it never really. <laughs> <laughs> the book stops with me. What can I do? Uh, Dr. Vyom Sharma, thanks for joining us on Irrational Fear. Thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> uh, we'll leave you okay. with this now. Uh, as we all know, uh, the internet is completely filled with bullshit. Earlier this year, Facebook decided that it would implement an oversight committee to battle misinformation and fake news. Now, this oversight committee would uh, would do fact-checking and would let the audience know when there was terrible articles about and the, the article they were reading was false. But one group has, well, has amazingly been able to kind of circumvent the oversight committee. This group are climate deniers. Uh, they're often funded by think tanks and fossil fuel companies. Companies. The group has bypassed the new regime by being able to be labelled their their posts as opinion rather than falsehood. At the same time, though, on Facebook, environmental scientists have been categorised as political groups and have been forced to pay money to get their content to reach audiences. To clear this up, why lies are cheap and why facts cost money, I sat down with Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, thanks for your time. Uh, Dan, thanks for poking me. Uh, Why does your oversight committee class climate disinformation as opinion? Great question, Dan. For pages like CO2 Hooray and the Call is Cool Consortium, it's their opinion that the 99% of the world's scientists are wrong. And if Prince Solomon from the Crude Oil is Crude Fun page disagrees that climate change is an existential threat, who am I to stop him? You're the CEO and founder of the most powerful information source in the world. Oh, that's, that's your opinion. Uh, but you also are. <laughs> Where did you uh, read that? It's on your email signature. You know, Dan, don't believe everything you read on the <laughs> internet. Not every website has the integrity to have an oversight committee like Facebook's. Why, why does it cost scientists like Noah and the CSIRO to spread facts about climate change? It's Facebook's opinion that those groups are political and should be deemed political groups, and they should pay money to reach audiences. They have money, and why shouldn't I get some? I'm I'm sorry, climate scientists are political groups? Of course, they're very political. How can you say that? It's not me. I can show you hundreds of opinion pieces that say so right here on Facebook. (laughs) Why don't you just get rid of these pages that spread lies on Facebook? Okay, okay, Dan. Imagine if we did that. Then we'd have them go off and create their own Facebook filled with disinformation and malfeasance, and that would tear the world apart. How is that different from Facebook today? If they stay on Facebook... Well, we get to keep the profits, Dan. Surely that is a terrible decision for the world. Terrible decisions get made every day, Dan. Ask yourself this. Was it a terrible decision for you to upload photos to Facebook of you drunk at a university costume party whilst wearing some culturally inappropriate makeup in September 2007? I 
I deleted those photos. Oh, but did you? Mark Zuckerberg, thanks for your time. Are we friends now? <laughs> That's complicated. <laughs> there we go, Mark Zuckerberg. That is it for Irrational Fear tonight. Big thanks to our fear mongers. Yanni, do you have anything to plug? Yes, I'm doing uh, my show, uh, The Simpsons Taught Me Everything I Know, which is exactly what it sounds like on Zoom on um, Saturday night. So tomorrow, uh, if you're hearing this new, uh, at 8.30 and you can get tickets at seriouscomedy.com.au and uh, pay what you can. It's a great show. Serious Comedy do great work and um, do check it out. Uh, and the technology works and it's fun to watch at home on your couch. Isabella, do you have anything to, uh, to plug? Uh, look, I'm doing kids' parties on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbours hate it, but you'll love it. So Frozen. you can head to my website if you want. Yeah, lots of Frozen, Frozen lots of princesses. Too. That's it, all of it. And Dr. Vion Sharma, have you got anything to plug? Uh, no, because we're the magic section of my website. He's <laughs> <laughs> look, looking for a web designer uh, who knows magic. I do think it. I do think it's kind of convenient that during the in most intense medical crisis of the last hundred years, your ma- magic side of your website's gone down, so no one can actually understand what else you do. That's really. It's actually kind of convenient. It actually, kind of works. Do follow Dr. Vion Sharma on Twitter. He is uh, exciting and interesting and he's got his finger on the pulse of the crisis in Melbourne. And, Lewis, do you have anything to plug? Um, As always, not really. I'm still doing the same radio show. We've been doing it the whole time. The only people I've seen in the last four months have been my girlfriend and Michael Hing. So... um, slide into my DMs on Instagram and give you something to talk about. Uh, I'm running out of juice. The well is dry. Help me out. (laughs) Big thank you to Jacob Round, Killian David and Rupert Dagas, who was the voice of Mark Zuckerberg right there. Uh, Until next time, I think we're back in a couple of weeks. There's always something to be scared of. Good night. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.